like the association yeah. is not there. I, I've literally said to people, been like, all right, just check your names. What? Steve? All right. So I'm here with <laughs> <laughs> and fuck it up instantly. It. It's oh, just, God, yeah. Oh, God. Lou. Mel. So we do uh, bar talk with Jordan and Carl and, and they, we were at this, uh, like, it was like a gentleman's club. And okay, when you say it like that. It wasn't like a gentleman's club. Like it was that, a, no. Sorry, it was a like men's club. Like an actual men, gentleman's club, like Pinky's Up? No, 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 no. more like, no, n- n- neither. No. <laughs> more like $2 beers like, and. Think of it like the Elks. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they refer to as a gentleman's club. No, it's just what I call it. <laughs> but I'm an idiot. Okay. No, you're not, um, you're not. No, he. He called that at home. It's like, no. So, club. I, you I, know what? I like it. I introduced him as Mel, and he's like, my name's Lou. And I'm like, right. <laughs> For the rest of the show, I called him Lou. And then we recorded a second episode. I'm like, we're here with Mel. He's like, Lou. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> After over an hour yeah. of talking to him and calling him Lou the whole time, I'm here with Mel. Yeah. I'm I, I so don't. glad that I'm he not looks the like a Mel. person. Because he super looks like a Mel. Oh, You'd call him Mel. Like Mel. Yeah. yeah. He's um, he's He's... Got resting Mel face. I've been I've been doing really good, but it's all on Zoom now, so So I can be like, I'm here with Bill. (laughs) Looking at my cheat sheet. No, no, I got it. I got it. Should we have name tags? Honestly, I'm not offended at all because in my world, I'm like nobody has a name, and I just like you as a person. And why isn't that enough? (laughs) (laughs) Too many people take the fact that like you don't know their name personally, and I'm like, this literally has nothing to do with you as a person. This has everything. I'm pretty good at faking that I know who people are, though. I don't even like faking it. You know, it makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, they're gonna find out. They're gonna know. I don't know. I just feel like I know too many people not to be like, hey, man. Every time. Do you know what's weirder, though, is when you have someone that, like, greets you slightly familiar, and then you're like, hey, how's it? It's good to see you. And they're like, I've never met you before. And you're like, oh, shit. I, like, judge people's energy. And if I feel like they know me, I'm like, yes, we're obviously best friends. (laughs) (laughs) How's your mom? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, that. So I'm glad I'm not the only person yeah, yeah, because yeah. that has absolutely happened to me on so many occasions. Fucking it's always like when, you th- when you're when you like, oh, have I met you? It's always like, no. And then when you're like, I've not met you, they're like, yes, yes we have. you have. I always yeah. get it wrong. Yeah, yeah. So the key is always be awkward and standoffish. Always. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> That'll make the world a better place. <laughs> I treat everyone like I kind of forgot who they were at some point. Because half the time I've forgotten who they were at some point. I'm like too friendly and outgoing to do that. Not my problem. But it's not not my problem. I do not share that. It's a problem. I always. What's worse though is like when you've met some. It happened recently. Where someone's like, hey, what's going on? You're like, hey, how you. It was a bartender. It was a bartender at somewhere that acted like they knew me. And then (laughs) at the end of the night, I'm like, oh, you clearly don't know me because you <laughs> called me sir sir <laughs> I might have been overly friendly shit <laughs> what the hell was no, that no it's okay I, I feel like it's better to be overly friendly than I mean they're a bartender overly friendly is kind of what they're used to true yeah I as suppose that's fair didn't cross over to like creepy yeah. I didn't like hold his hand or anything it was weird I didn't like hold his hand. hey man it's really nice yeah, to see you good, <laughs> good to see you <laughs> can I have a beer <laughs> what do you mean you have to leave <laughs> bullshit right You've we've overserved. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just like that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's worked before. 
I am glad that I'm not the only person because I just wish nobody had names and this would be a lot simpler. (laughs) I'm like, I literally don't care what you call me. Buddy or man or bro. And I don't care. If you're friendly and we're and we're having a nice conversation, I don't care if you think my name is Steve. (laughs) No, don't fuck me up. It's not. not. We're here with Steve. We're here with Steve Martin. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Sorry to let you all down. Uh yes, you can call me. I'm gonna give you so many, yeah. so many names, wrong names. Ashley, Melissa. Oh, see, you're just messing with me. Uh, <laughs> so welcome to the Nebra Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host Andy, and it's coming up on six years that we've been running this show. And when we started this show, we weren't looking for accolades or awards or anything like that. But God damn it, we set a record. We are the leading podcast and Sarah Martin's Woo! because this is our second Sarah Martin on the show Sarah Martin we're pretty number prevalent. two we're pretty prevalent in the world I'm gonna that that's that's my new thing <laughs> we lead we lead the podcast world in Sarah Martin's love it <laughs> but uh well on the show man thank you I appreciate it uh we have kind of been like orbiting friendship like we have like so many friends in, in common we do. where it's just like I feel like I know you by association yeah like osmosis yeah, yeah. <laughs> by osmosis like uh, we become friends through other people's friendship <laughs> yeah so what's going on what's new <laughs> what's <laughs> yeah, i feel like i can't ask you like, know? The normal, like hey, I'll do no yeah. things are things are going well we're just you know discovering the authentic happiness of life we're <laughs> critiquing what we're saying things. that you're a very positive person is, is that a I've, natural state for you is that something like you kind of like work towards and does music um, help so I feel like it used to be something that I gave off, but it wasn't necessarily authentic. There was like a lot of internal struggle behind sure, the scenes. Yeah. Now I feel like it's actually authentic because I've learned how to actually live a kind of life that I want. And it's not so much about other people's, people's perception peepers, of me. Other people's? Other people's <laughs> perceptions. It's about my own perception of myself. And, and did that come from taking like music as your career or was it? Like, was there pressure on you to be doctor, lawyer? No. So, salesman? actually, kind of the opposite. Um, I feel like my whole life, I've been singing since I was, like, 12. Yeah. And so it was kind of always expected a little bit for me to do music. And my parents were always super supportive of it. Um, mm-hmm. I did get to a point where, in my life, thank goodness, they were like, if you want to do music, you have to do this by yourself. Like, you have to go get your shows and everything, which was great because, you know, yeah. I need that. But it got to a point, I think, in my life where I didn't know who I was without music. Oh, that's so it was like okay. kind of a scary thing because everyone had all like always known me. Oh, Sarah, she does music. She sings and stuff. You know, like when anybody would talk to my parents, they'd be like, "How's your daughter who sings?" You know, it would always be that was the association. So it got to a point last year where I kind of panicked a little bit because I was like, you know, if I lost my voice tomorrow. I would literally, I still be a person? I literally don't, yeah. I don't know who I would be, you know? I don't know wh- what other things in life brought me joy or, or anything like that. So I actually went on an 81 road, uh, day road trip by myself this past summer to just kind of discover what made me happy, things that made me tick, things that, you know? It's interesting. Where'd you go? Literally everywhere. Um, I went from here to New York, up through Michigan. Senegal? Um, everywhere. No, not and I didn't go to Senegal. <laughs> um, up through Michigan, Wisconsin, Dakotas, Montana, all the way out to Seattle, down 
um, north or down California and walked my way back. Were you kind of playing along the way or were you just kind of? So um, I was going to play and then I just released a song before that and done a dinner show and it was just too much work for me to try and plan shows by myself. But I did end up um, volunteering with this nonprofit called the National Angels. They um, support children in foster care and their foster families through donations and mentorship. Mm -hmm. And so they have six or they have 22 chapters across the country. So that's actually what I ended up doing on my road trip is I volunteered for 16 of their 22 chapters while I was on my road trip. And it was, is that kind of what solved your question? Um, yeah, it was definitely part of it. Yeah. Um, it kind of just brought perspective and, and purpose to the, to the whole thing. Cause I kind of wanted to volunteer anyway on my road trip but i thought i was going to end up picking up trash (laughs) or something (laughs) i wasn't sure what i was going to do but um i kind of found the national angels like a month before i was going to leave for my road trip and i had didn't have like a route planned or anything i was just kind of like you know like if i just like step back god's gonna let me know where the wind takes you yeah and then i i found all these chapters so i kind of planned my route around where the chapters were and did some some hiking and stuff along the way went camping um, it was just really, really cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I made my own fire for the first time. It was pretty <laughs> Did you just use a match or was this like two sticks? I did. Or? No, I did use I did use a, a lighter and some notebook paper and stuff, but it's it still the first time I did it. It sound that impressive. It was for me. People Listen, people I was People make their own fires by accident all the time. <laughs> by accident all the time. No, where was I? I think I was in... I'm pretty sure I was in Utah and it was like the first night that I like camped on someone's farmland just like out in the middle of nowhere nobody was really around there was like coyotes in the background and just like tons of stars it was just the most it was the coolest experience ever I've always found that very frustrating where it's like if I want to start a fire why is it so why is it so hard (laughs) but then people are like oh I burned my house down with a cigarette by accident been like I couldn't I had everything I needed and I couldn't start the fire. So I feel like every time I've tried to start a fire in the past, someone always has taken over for me and they're like, I'll, you know, we'll get it going. So it was just me. So that was like the first time nobody stepped in and I was like, oh, like I can do this if I I don't need somebody else to come in. So it was, I don't know, it's an empowering experience. No, it it sounds like it. Like (laughs) I get it. You know, the the idea that you don't need someone else to... Yeah. Carry it. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. It was nice. I, I mean, it's not starting, you know, with two sticks. No. Tom Hanks style, but no. We'll get there eventually. Maybe right. this year when I go. Are you gonna take a class in that? Or <laughs> I've got, I've got <laughs> those little YouTube. I've got those little flint things. Oh, the little the fire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then you need kindling. Yeah. I've so. watched a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. I've YouTube. You can learn anything from YouTube. Very I've true. learned so many things from YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so you're back in Mass. You were not you. Did you grow up here? Yes. Okay. So I'm originally from Lakeville. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. not too far away from here. And then um, I moved to Nashville, I think, when I was 25. And was it just the, like, that's where music is, so I'm going there? Or was Honestly, it specific there, I mean, there is music here the yeah. whole time because I grew up starting full-time in the South Shore. Yeah. Um, but it was more of when I went to Nashville for the first time, I just, like, fell in love with it because it's music 24-7 there. And music has always been my therapy, listening to live music. Yeah. So when I went there, I just, like, fell in love and couldn't not move there was kind of the situation. So, so yeah, I was there. I was there for, like, six years 
And then um, start of COVID, I got unengaged. <laughs> and so I ended up back in mass through a series of events. Yeah. That does happen. Yep. I was just talking to my sister about this the other day. I'm like, you know, this is like this perception that once you get engaged, you like automatically get married. And I found that that's Honestly, not the un case. <laughs> unengaged is far better than getting divorced. I would say so. There, there's less paperwork involved. Yeah. Paper. It's, it's a lot, lot cheaper, cheaper, way cheaper. I would say There's that. There's less like obligation to giving you half my crap. I will say too that although there was a lot of pain that went with becoming unengaged, that was kind of the tipping point for like my self-growth and Was that where you're like I'm going to go take a road trip? I mean, that wasn't I mean, yes, that was part of it, but that was actually like a year afterwards. It was just it was like I think once once your life is like not perfect anymore, mm -hmm. you know, like because being unengaged is probably my worst fear in my life because perception of what other people thought of me was like my forefront. Okay. So once it was kind of like, okay, well, this is happening and people know about it and I'm still alive. So why do I really care? I found, it was a very freeing thing. <laughs> I found getting divorced made me very much an unmaterialistic person. Yeah. Because you're kind of like, oh, look at all the stuff that I had that I don't need. Yeah, you well, know. you're talking to somebody that still has a storage unit of stuff in Clarksville, um, Tennessee, but, I mean, but, <laughs> but like after but a while, yes. you're like, why do I have that storage unit? And, you know, yeah. I obviously don't need it. It's been however long. I'm not, right. you might need it. I don't know. But yeah. like, it just was because, you know, being a guy, like I got the divorced dad apartment. It was yeah. dump. And uh, you, you end up moving around a bit, and you like every time you move, you're like, "Well, I don't need this because I'm not moving it again." And you just kind of get pared down, and you're like, "Wow, I really yeah. don't need that much." See, for me, it wasn't so much the stuff, although I've not really ever been super materialistic. Anyway, it's more of like I just don't want to buy this stuff again because it costs money. <laughs> yeah. But for me, it was just more of like I said, like perception. You know, like people's perception of you, and like the actual reality of what you're living and what you're feeling and stuff because for me yeah it sucked but at the same time I was learning to be like a better version of myself as a result right. so like the reality of the situation was I was becoming a better person when to the outside world it could have been like oh man poor her she's going through all this when like that wasn't the reality so I kind of from and that point it, learned to separate did it affect you on stage as a performer because I mean as a performer you don't want to get out there and be like Hey guys, what's up? I had a really crappy day today. You know, like you have to put on like that. <sighs> Listen, I know COVID was crappy for a lot of people, but it came out a pretty good time for my life because I got to just kind of take a minute and decompress. Like I wasn't obligated to go out and play shows or anything yeah. like that. So, I mean, I, I at least had like six months between doing anything that I just got to it was just kind of like built an excuse. Yeah, yeah. I got to um, process and, and decompress. I did. It was funny because that summer I ended up playing a um, a wedding show for someone. And like, Woof. I was, I just wasn't, <laughs> yeah, I wow. wasn't sure like how I was going to feel about it. I was like a little concerned, yeah. but it was, it was actually really good for me because I was like, okay, like people are happy and that's great. Like, I don't need to feel any certain way because this day isn't about me. <laughs> like, I hope you, know? you guys are happy. Well, <laughs> I just, I was not sure because, you know, you don't yeah. actually know how you're going to react oh, to something until you're in the situation. And so I was in the situation and I was like, you know what? No, I'm happy for these people. This is great that like things are working out. Yeah. Nice. So it was, it was good. It was good. So now things are opening back up again. 
Yes. And yeah. And you playing, touring, yeah. Nashville here. So I've been um, playing mostly like private shows mm -hmm. right now. Um, but we're going to get back into playing more shows in the South Shore. I just wasn't sure where I was going to be. Nashville versus right, yeah. Massachusetts, so I hadn't really planned anything you don't yet. Start booking shows and then be like, oh, I'm not gonna be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I kind of realized that I love Nashville, but I don't want to be in Nashville year round. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like a nomad anyway. Like I'm not really super happy I in one anyone spot. Anyone that travels on the road for 81 days, I'm gonna do it in my. I'm sleeping in my Prius this summer. Same. Yeah. yeah, so I'm excited. <laughs> and I know that the average person wouldn't be excited to sleep in their car, but I'm and super the jazzed. It sounds real tiny. No, it's not. No, it's it's I mean? really not. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be great. I'll trust you. I'm very excited. Okay. I'll send you a video. <laughs> you should probably get a tent or something. <laughs> I have a tent. Okay. Yeah, for like days where I feel like sleeping outside, but I spent a lot of money on hotels this summer. Yeah. Like in between camping. So this summer, I'm just like, I don't want to spend all that money i just want to sleep in my car and sleep in my tent I mean, it's not a terrible thing like yeah i slept in my car recently and it wasn't intent i mean i guess it was intentional it wasn't <laughs> really all right so explain i was up in new hampshire <laughs> and it was a bunch of like high school buddies who haven't seen each other in forever yeah and i had to work so i left massachusetts at seven so i got up there about nine so they're hammered Okay. And it's like, all right, I got to get caught up. Hanging out, catching up, blah, blah, blah. Then I wake up in my driver's seat of my car, like in the, oh. in the driveway. <laughs> in and the driveway. Which I was, I'm like, at least I didn't go anywhere. Um, but my buddy who owns a cabin was like, oh, just bring an extra pillow and a blanket. So I had like the pillow and the blanket. I'm like, did I come out here to get the pillow and the blanket and, and just then be just like, <laughs> sleep? And I look in the passenger seat and there are my bags. And I'm like, did they kick me out? <laughs> what did I do? Did you find out what happened? I went out and they're like, why are you sleeping in your car? I'm like, I hope you could have told me that. Uh, and there were plenty of like beds. I bet that you just got there to get I your blanket. And my bags. That was the weird part. They were already inside. Maybe you were planning on leaving and then you realized no, that was know. a terrible idea <laughs> I, and thought I this is comfy. I literally don't know what happened. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, reunions, they're like that. Yes. You, you drink too much. Yes. <laughs> um, so you said you have some unreleased stuff. So are you in the process of writing a new, do they still have albums? Does that sound stupid? Do they have? No. So, right. I mean, people still release albums. I don't think I'll ever. Because I feel like some people just put out songs kind of like when they're ready. Yeah. So um, in the past, I've always released albums. But the problem with albums, and for me personally, is just that. I don't have enough energy to promote eight songs. Yeah. You know, it's just too much work. So I'm pretty sure that there's songs on albums that nobody knows exist because I just haven't properly promoted oh, them. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's better, in my personal opinion, for me, I know that going forward, I'll release singles and then maybe I'll make an album out of the singles um, eventually. I feel like you get more bang for your buck doing it that way because each song, like you said, yeah. each song gets like the appropriate amount of promotion and yeah. doesn't get lost on an album. Well, and I think ba you know back in the day, albums were what everyone else was doing. And right. as an independent artist, I think sometimes we just like look at what the bigger people are doing, and then we do that. Because if you were ever like, excuse me, Mr. Record Executive, I would like to put out one song every six weeks. But now that's what they're doing. Yeah, I know. You know? But yeah, at the but time, before be like, it would be crazy. Yeah, you're out of your mind. Yeah, yeah. we release albums here. <laughs> 
put it up on the computer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would like to release some some new music. I think this year what I might do is I might release, like, maybe one or two. Um, but, but primarily, like, you know, people have Patreons and mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. I'll do, like, a lot of unreleased music through there just to kind of see which songs people yeah, like and then release the ones that have, you know, the most streams or, or plays or whatever. Do you do a lot of online streaming? Um, I, I mean, all my music's on online streaming right now. Well, like live stream, like in the Twitchiverse. Is so Twitchiverse I don't, a thing, Fish? I don't do. Sort of, all right. <laughs> I don't do Twitch, but I do, I do a Facebook live every day. Um, mostly every, every day. For, really? Yeah. For since COVID started, since no before kidding. COVID started, uh, I just do like an original and a cover song every day just to kind of keep up with with my community because I've built like a nice little family on Facebook. That's cool. It is really cool. They come on and like say hi to each other and ask each oh, other how their day. Like oh, it's fun. Cool. There was a time where I didn't go on for a week and then I went back on and they were all like, I've missed you like talking to each <laughs> other. And I'm like, oh my God, I've kept them apart. Yes. <laughs> like, so now I do it for me and for them. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. They've like actually become. I've even had two people that started dating each other. I'm just saying. Wow. I know. That's so weird. It's, it's so like, cool. This this goes way, way back for us. One of the first things Art started doing was our figure drawing event. Okay. And we had an artist that found us and started coming and super nice guy and got to talking to him and I I, I think I was talking about the general like weirdness behind like kind of getting a. I don't know if reputation's the right word, but kind of getting your name out there. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, I credit you guys for helping me stay off heroin. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. He's like, when I found you guys, I, I had just frequently, or just recently, like, got clean. Yeah. And part of the reason why I stayed off heroin is because I had this. And I'm like, please don't put that on me. Like, I felt like so... But like, that's awesome. It was amazing. But then I felt, suddenly felt like, oh, my God. Like, I... So like I had like, hey man, are you okay? <laughs> like I felt like this obligation to like check up on him. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure he appreciates the checkups, yeah. but that's awesome that you kind of kept him from that. Well, you made a love connection on your, I your did. Facebook page. I did make a love that's like connection. something good came from Facebook. I know. See, but is, that's the thing. You just never know how your behaviors are going to affect somebody else. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. And like how just like offering someone a slot on your podcast can help someone yeah you know it, it's just like one of those and i think we've always been really lucky as far as when people offer us things to do we're always just like yeah sure let's do it because yeah. you don't know you have no idea what's going to happen and we'll run events you know up in where the hell? oh we were down the cape the other day and we ran an event and you even if the event's not full you still go and you do your best and whatever, yeah. and then you get someone who's like, oh, I'm the mayor of a town, and you guys should be, you know, come out to this town in Western Mass. Yeah. Whose name I can't remember. What's the name of it? Gardner. Gardner. And, uh, and the whole time I'm just like, there's no way this guy is mayor. He's like pulling my leg. He looks 12. There's no way this guy's mayor. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, it, you have to be kind of like open to those. Like you said, you you went on this thing and you, you just kind of got into this volunteer work that yeah. is so important. Well, and that's the thing. I feel like sometimes it's not – you got to look look beyond stuff. Like there's uh, something that I was told before about like an artist development program I was with. They're like, it's not about the show. It's about the show you get from the show, <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay. 
because um, there was there was a show that I did down in in Key West, and I ended up getting a a private show mm-hmm. out of that one. And it's just like it's all about like networking and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I I hate to say networking sometimes though because. It drives me a little nuts because I like to have genuine connections with people. I don't like there to be like a purpose behind. But you can tell the difference between someone who's networking to get you to buy insurance and someone who's (laughs) meeting someone because they want to meet other people in a similar field. Yeah. Well, so. There's a bit of genuine. Yeah. I have. So my thing like in in Nashville, um, when I go out to places to like listen to live music and stuff or I go out to where there's you know musicians I feel like every time you meet a musician the conversation always ends in like we should co-write sometime <laughs> okay and I'm just like man I just like want a friend to chill with and write live music like I don't I don't want to do work I just yeah. want to it is kind of hard to shut it off though don't you think? I don't think so. I oh, really? well, or maybe just for me because I'm just like I'm pretty much just like a solo in everything that I do. Yeah. So I don't really have interest in making like work connections. I'm just like I just want to meet genuine friends to like surround myself with. I have I, I honestly admit I have a very hard time <laughs> shutting it off. Do you? Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> a lot of times it just comes and part of it is what we do is I mean you're a musician. So yeah. What, it's not quote unquote normal and you know we're podcasters and content creators and like yeah. people, you meet someone at a bar in the most casual like hey what's going on you know what do you do is like one of the first questions that come out yeah and like I'm always like oh man like that's a tough question yeah and they're like why is it a tough question I'm like well I do event promotions and I create content online and blah and then they're suddenly like, I've never met a person that, and so they suddenly have a ton of questions. So it's kind of hard. Yeah. To, well, I have to start being like, I'm a dentist. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you're, so maybe my, my conversations start off different because I feel like the question of what do, what do you do is never. That never comes up. It never really comes up. Really? Yeah. What is the question that comes up? I don't know, like, how are you doing? How's your day going? Yeah, and mean, then we yeah. get into, like, life stuff. I don't know. I have two different <laughs> conversations with people. I, I get, uh, what do you do? And I know there's changelings. Those are, that's kind of the polar, and, like... Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there are changelings amongst us. I get those two types of people. Okay. You know. There are cha- what does that mean? Uh, to her? There are changelings. meant there are people who change shape. Oh, oh, okay. This happened. I went to see. Uh, well, that sounds like an interesting conversation oh, it was to be a in. Super interesting conversation, and then it got. I would be down to be a part. Of that. I don't know. Right about that, I'm like, this is a little scary. I met I met somebody on my my road trip um, in Colorado while I was busking in, in Aspen that yeah. claimed that he was reincarnated Jesus, and when I wouldn't let him come on my road trip with me, he was very disappointed because he wanted <laughs> he wanted to show me the other realms of reality and what I could do. I was like, I really respect what you're doing, but I need you to respect and you're like, what I don't I'm have doing a passport as well. To go to the other realms. Yeah, I'm like, I am on you know my own path, and then and then he proceeded to put a pre roll in my in my uh, guitar case, and I thought, you know what? If this was reincarnated <laughs> Jesus, he might be a little bit more mindful that I might have had a problem with weed in my past. <laughs> As you travel across the country. Yeah, I like yeah. gave it back to him. Like, I don't do that anymore, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this uh, conversation started off with uh, 
this girl complaining about they were coming over here and ruining our beaches. And so I kind of kept probing because I felt like they it was going to be like a racist thing. And then she's like, blah, 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 changelings. And I'm like, what? And she's oh. like, shape changers. I know. She's like, I've seen people change shape in front of me. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to go now. Imagine if she did. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure she did see it. Uh, she might have gotten a pre-roll from Jesus. <laughs> she might have. She might have. Yeah. Pre-roll from Jesus, by the way, is the name of my jam band. <laughs> TM. Yeah. Trademark. Trademark that right now. Fish. How about line? Oh, yeah. You never know. People, no. there's... That's why I like to talk to people because there's so many different people in this world that have so many different ideas, you know? And you get to just, like, experience everyone else's brain and how it functions. And Yeah, and you always get to meet... Like, we... I always run into the... the like, people you would never be like, oh, I met this person. They're not famous, but they're kind of noteworthy. Like, I met the CEO of Friendlies. Did you? Just at a brewery, hanging out, having a beer. Nice. Yeah, chit-chatting, apparently. See, I would sit next to that guy all night and have a conversation. I would never oh, ask, did. what do like, you we do? we exchanged emails. I would never know that he was the CEO of Friendlies because I never asked. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like people tend to ask me more. Yeah. Because he'd be like, oh, this guy doesn't have a job. This guy doesn't have a No, not really. <laughs> You're fairly accurate in that. You do. You do have a job. You are so positive. <laughs> <laughs> Give yourself credit. So, um, I was going to get kind of back on track, and I don't feel like I can do that from pre-roll Jesus. You can get back on track however <laughs> you want. There are um, no rules here. Oh, clearly. <laughs> clearly. But, uh, so... You said you have some new songs coming out. You plan on releasing a few this year. Possibly. Now, possibly. Yeah, no no pressure. There's no commitment here. Yeah. Just want to make that for the All record. Right. There's no commitment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how long does it take you from, like, writing a song to feeling it's ready? And how do you know it's ready? Um, generally, I know it's ready when I'm super, super excited about it. Like, when I just can't wait to share it with my community. Those days, I remember I wrote that the night before... And generally, a lot of my songs that are worth sharing, I write very quickly. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things that where I have this thought and then it all just like spills out of me. Really? Yeah. Um, so I remember I wrote those days and the next day I just, I was like, listen, I just wrote this song yesterday. It's not perfect yet, but I need you guys to hear it because I'm jazzed about it and I want you guys to hear it. And then, you know, two weeks later, I was like, okay, how can I record this? Hmm. So usually I'm just like super motivated. I also had a lot of extra income at the time. Um, So I was just like, well, I don't need to worry about how much it's going to cost because I've got the money. Now it's a little different. (laughs) But we're working on that. But we're working on that. That's the other thing about being a Nashville musician. I think people assume I have way more money than I do. Yeah. And I'm like, y'all, I'm I'm about to go sleep in my Prius this summer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny is like when you think – when you think of like Nashville, there's like a certain amount of, I guess, credibility that you just automatically lump on. Be like, oh, they're a musician in Nashville. Yeah. You know, I'm just a lowly musician in Plymouth or whatever. But like, the Plymouth music scene is huge here. Well, and you know what's frustrating is even myself, just up until quite frankly recently, I had such a hard time of like letting go of the Nashville perception because I was like, you know, if I don't live in Nashville, are people going to think less of me? Yeah. And then I just came to terms with, 
who cares? Because I'm still the same musician. Nothing has changed. I'm singing right. the same music with the same quality that I would no matter where I lived. And I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head with the the lo- daily live streams. It's not really about where you live anymore. Yeah. You know? Which... And you get paid way more here in the South Shore than you do in Nashville, quite frankly. Really? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I would have never guessed that. Broadway musicians get paid like 50 to maybe 100 bucks for three hours, and you got to pay $20 for parking and pray to God that you get tips. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. Crazy. So it's not. Yeah. There's there's a lot of we should do a whole podcast about uncovering the real Nashville. <laughs> All right, fish. We're starting a new podcast <laughs> called There's Pre- so Pre-Roll many Jesus things. in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things. Um, I mean, like I said, Nashville is great for live music twenty four seven. But I mean, yeah, it's not it's not easy to actually make a living. I think people are more. Um, Do you think it's because so many musicians travel yeah. there, and it's just kind of yeah? Luck? If you're not gonna if you're not gonna play for fifty bucks, then somebody else will. Yeah. Is kind of the thing. So I don't know. It's the the Nashville perception um, is a little hard to let go of, but I think once you once you do, you can probably make a better living. Because for me, I don't necessarily want to be like this famous person that can't live a normal life because everyone knows who I am and everyone has an opinion of every every action that I do so I mean like I just want to afford to have a life and continue doing music and like that's my dream yeah you know what I mean so I've just kind of realized that balancing that expectation that others have of me versus like what do I actually want in my life which is I would love to do music and I would love to travel and that's always kind of like one of those interesting things because I feel like even the expectation of yourself you have to kind of have that realization of you don't I don't want to say yeah I guess you don't win like there's no touchdown moment it's like you kind of like get somewhere and then you go okay well you know I played that place that I wanted to or I played with this musician that I really wanted to now what yeah like you just kind of have to kind of have that mentality of keep moving the bar and keep I think there's there's um a very distinct separation between expectation of self and expectation that other people have of you and I think a lot of times we put the expectations of what others think about us on ourselves Do you think so we, it's like this it becomes the same thing but yeah. there is a very but do you big think we difference. do that or do you think we put our perception of their expectation, meaning like, oh, oh yeah, I think they yes, want it's a very self-absorbed yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not anything that actually people are thinking. Yeah. It's just everything. Like, oh god, like it's just our own negative self-talk that we put on ourselves, and we just assume that other people are talking about us. When the reality is, nobody cares. They've yeah. got enough troubles going on in their own lives. <laughs> I can't remember. I heard someone say once, like ninety percent of the time. It's not about you. Like, they're not yeah. talking about you. They haven't thought about you. Yeah. Like, it, Have you ever read um, one of my favorite books that I always recommend to people is The Four Agreements? Have you ever? No, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not a huge reader. I'm, I'm a little dyslexic. No, so, that's okay. I find enjoyment in it. But there are, um, there's like The Four Agreements, and one of them is to not take anything personally. Because, it's very like difficult. I said, it's just, yeah, but you really just have to realize that a lot of times it's just not about you. But we right. are, as human beings, so self-absorbed sometimes that we just assume 
that everyone's negative reaction is not because they've had a bad day. Yep. It's not because of a fight they just got into. It's because of something we've done. Somehow that clerk <laughs> that has met you for 45 seconds hates you. And yes. Like, you're going to say something. You're like, like, it's something to do with me. Yeah, and they're <laughs> like, uh, who? I don't even remember serving that person. Exactly. They're just here. Yeah, yeah so, so you really so it's not about to. you. Exactly. Yeah. I think Sarah, this podcast isn't about you. I know. <laughs> I know. This is a team effort. <laughs> uh, there's no effort here. But it really isn't, uh, you know? Yeah, no. I, I totally get it. I totally agree. But it is very hard. Uh, I've always been so, – I've suffered with self-esteem issues, and it's, which is really hard to yeah. shut off and make – you know, realize it's not about you and that that kind of expectation that you're not good enough isn't even an expectation that person has. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so for me, like, um, when everything went down and I, and I got unengaged, that was really, like, the tipping point, like I said. I kind of just started to discover a lot of, like, the negative self-talk that I had. Because, like I mm -hmm. said, I was always, like, a super bubbly, outgoing person, much like you see now, but it was, like I said, it was not exactly authentic it was more of it like it wasn't oh. internal yeah it was yeah. like oh my god what if people realize that like I'm lost and I don't know what I want to do in life and I'm not sure if I'm on the right path and there was like all of this stuff but you know on the outside I wasn't going to let anybody see that because that would be embarrassing that we don't all have it figured out yeah and there, there's a certain amount of that fake it till you make it kind of but, thing that is helpful sometimes but is it I just yeah, feel like I the more and more sometimes. you just admit that like look I don't know what I want to do with my life and I'm figuring it out as I go and it's okay. I feel like... I think it's important to... to I think the most intelligent thing anyone can say is I don't know. Yeah. Because there's nothing truer that you will ever say. Right. Because you won't ever be wrong. Well, and I feel like more people feel normal about having like anxieties and stuff when you admit you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when everyone in this day of age is like pretending that their life is perfect and that's all you see... <laughs> You internalize, I'm weird for not feeling happy all the time or whatever. And it's like, no, it's not realistic to be happy all the time. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, that is a part of life. Like, you, if, you almost need to not be happy all the time because you need you to be unhappy to, be, to know what happiness yeah, is. Yeah, and you just need to be honest with yourself and, and, like, be okay with people seeing that you're not okay or sharing, like, I don't mind being an open book and being like vulnerable because I think that helps other people like know that it's okay. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not afraid to be like, you know, I don't have it all figured out. I don't know what my plans are. Don't know if I'm living in Nashville. I don't know if I'm living in Massachusetts <laughs> right now. I'm living in my parents' house. You know what I mean? And I'm Fine. like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care who knows that because right now that's what works for me. You and don't I care if someone knows that you eat the peel of a kiwi flute. I don't. <laughs> oh, you saw that? <laughs> Yes, I eat my kiwis unpeeled, and it's delicious. Don't Some, look at me like that. Somehow that, like, popped up in my timeline. Yeah. You know, it was like a poll. You put out a poll? Like yes, yeah. on Instagram. Now, mind you, my sister, who recorded me eating this peel or this unpeeled kiwi, eats the shells of shrimp. So, okay. Yeah, okay? So, it's not just me and I my like family. I feel those things are weird. <laughs> We're all a little quirky, and that's yeah. fine. It's also easier to eat. She likes I'm gonna, to texture. I'm gonna, side, I don't know. I'm gonna side with you more than her. On Thank that, you. you I hear that, like, Anna? <laughs> I feel like you could convince me that kiwi fruit husk is edible before you get like yep. shells just just jammed into it, your throat as you yeah, swallow them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She likes know, it. Craft shells with cheddar sauce. That those shells are okay. 
hey, to, yeah, right? those are okay. <laughs> yeah. Teach their own, though. I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to. We're judging her a little bit. I'm just here to to put out She's that you should try you, you can a judge a sibling a little bit. No, try and be supportive. <laughs> We've already had the judgment stage. <laughs> We're trying to be supportive now. <laughs> no, but I think like what you're saying is like all very useful, but very hard to kind of keep in that mindset. Yeah. You know, do you? Is there like a tip? I mean, you just kinda... you gotta you gotta test yourself, kind of like. For me, I used to think that I was really stupid because I had a teacher in high school one time. They told you you're stupid. No, she told me. She told me it's you're lucky that you're pretty. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and there was it was the same teacher, and there was an instance where I'm not somebody that retains 100 percent of the information when yeah. I hear it. Like, I no one does. Well, tell that to my AP bio <laughs> class <laughs> in high school. But I didn't understand. We were, like, talking about something. I don't even know what it was. I probably should because I was so traumatized by it. <laughs> but she had me um, try and explain it three times. Like, she explained it, and then she's like, okay, repeat back what I just said. And in my mind, I'm like, I can't do that so I just had this moment in front of my whole AP bio class where I just felt dumb Yeah, you know and because she repeated the process again and then she's like okay now tell which me. Which she also has you up in front of everyone so there's that added anxiety. Yeah well oh I mean God, I was sitting at the table yeah. but all of the all of the everyone's eyes looking, were on me yeah, so yeah. it was like from then on I just felt like the stupid kid in the smart class you know what I mean and I just I had I've had like issues with that ever since and like I said, I just got to the point where I was like, I'm not stupid. I can learn things. I just learn them at a different rate and at a, in a in different, different way. way. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. Like, I'm not stupid. And plus, having the desire to learn something, I think, is, like, more important than knowing everything. Yeah, for sure. So, I just think it you It helps just, you learn. Cause yeah. If, you if you're, like, if you have that mentality of, like, what am I going to use this for? Why do I need to learn it? You're not going to. Yeah. Because you have no desire to. I think people are too are too worried about appearing perfect and not making any mistakes. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned recently is just like you have to be okay with sucking at something at first. And like having like having fun sucking yeah. at something. Like people tell me all the time, they're like, Oh, well, I wish I could sing. It's like, well, just do it then. Yeah. Who cares if you suck you at can it? Sing. Like sing. If that makes you happy, who cares what everybody else yeah. thinks? You know, I'm like, do whatever you want. Do the things that make you happy, even if you suck at it. it. You don't need to be good at everything. And I feel like that's really been something I've realized, I'd say like in the last 10 or 12 years, kind of like, you know, when I moved to Plymouth, I was became like a bit of a food snob. And, mm -hmm. and now I'm like, you like Taco Bell? Cool, man. If that makes you happy, yeah. eat it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, just let everyone be happy. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, why are we putting so much pressure on our own happiness that, like, from what other people are, you know? Yeah. And you see like, people like, oh, my God, you put pineapple on pizza. You might, like, who cares? Who cares? If you don't like it, don't eat it, let man. Let people like, be happy. It's not a problem. Stop judging people for the way that they express their happiness. If you say Valentine's Day and the other person <laughs> says Valentine's Day, what difference does it make, fish? Yeah. Oh, is that a, oh, this is personal. <laughs> I see that now. Yeah. Uh, just be happy just with the be way. Happy. Yeah. See, Sarah's advice. I mean, you can tell people <laughs> what grammatically is the right thing, but don't let it ruin your day. I don't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You're lying. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think like this is I've had this conversation with people before too. Are you like a huge sports fan? No. So my I my like whole, the hockey and the other th- other stuff is my whole issue with sports is that too many people like depend on what happens with something that has nothing to do with their lives, like for their mood. Like I've seen yeah. people get so upset watch you got that B hat on. I'm pretty <laughs> sure we might be talking to you. But you get so upset and it like ruins your whole day. And I'm like, but that doesn't actually have anything to do with like the, the thing you. that I always found amazing. <laughs> I get that you of, get invested. Yeah. I get that. But the thing that I found amazing and a little disturbing is whenever a team wins a championship, mm-hmm. they always interview people and there's always some guy who's like, this is the happiest day of my life. And he's standing next to his wife or his kids and I'm like, what an ass. I like, mean, well, it, okay, if you're a player. No, not a player. Just oh. like a guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like on the street. He's like, this is the happiest day. I'm like, you didn't even do anything, man. Like, you bought a ticket. Well, <laughs> I, I, again, again, I'm not here to judge anybody else's happiness. It's more of when I see people get upset about it that bothers me because I'm like, you're putting unnecessary negative energy on yourself. If it makes you happy, yes, I'm all for it. But if it makes you sad, I'm like, we just need to separate I'm a little sorry. bit more. If, if it's a game you didn't play in is the happiest day of your life and you have. Well, Again, I'm not actually, here to judge. You know what? If it's making him judge. happy, maybe his, maybe his perspective is a little off. And, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if it makes him happy, whatever. It's just, I just hate to see things that bring people down that don't, don't need to I mean, bring them down. Everybody has like pet peeves. Yeah. And I'm typically not a road rage person, but like <laughs> COVID has made me very short tempered, like really? for some reason. And it's like, it's very much like, I feel like you don't necessarily have control over what emotions you feel when. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, you can't, <laughs> Because sometimes they just come if on. If you practice it, but yeah. But sometimes they yeah, just come on. Sure. So, the guy cuts you off, makes you super angry. Okay. But then let it go. Yeah. You know, let Does it go. Does it ruin your whole day? Uh, no. It, but it makes me more <laughs> angry than it needs There's to be. There's some leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. It's a fairly new thing. And But, like, I at least have the, be like, he, he's not even in front of me anymore. Like, yeah. He's probably home already. Why am I mad? But that's, but when you can like have that dialogue with yourself, then I feel like you can calm yourself down because yeah. it's when you don't have that dialogue that you're like three days later, you're like, why am I upset right now? And you realize <laughs> it's because of three days ago, some guy cut you off. Yeah. I used to have pretty bad like road rage. Like I, which is awesome when you're on an 81 day road trip. No, but <laughs> by then it was gone. I, I have not had road rage in, in a couple of years. In a couple of years, I've not had road rage. Now, when someone cuts me off, I've literally said this out loud. I'm like, okay, there, there you go ahead. <laughs> Hope you have a nice day <laughs> because I'm just like, it's not worth it to get I usually upset. swear at them once or twice and then it goes away. Yeah. But, you know, I'm an imperfect par- person, Sarah. Stop judging me. I'm, no, we all are. Hey, we but what all if my are anger imperfect. makes me happy? Oh. Then you really got to reassess that because <laughs> you're putting negative energy into the world and we don't need any more of that. <laughs> it is. It's a very crazy time do you when you write your music do you try to avoid negative storylines or feelings in your song no No? it's just i mean do i have negative so i feel like sometimes i've written one negative song about somebody yeah um other than that i don't think 
Was it about fish? You can tell me. Was it about fish? <laughs> <laughs> wrote it on the way over here before I met him. <laughs> um, I did write a fish song the other day. <laughs> Unrelated. Um, I mean, Baby I just write... Fish do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I'll write, I'll write like sad yeah. songs sometimes because the other part of of writing songs, which is great, is I feel like it's a way to connect with people. Like I said, I'm really I like being vulnerable. Yeah. I wasn't sure how to do that, like in actual life outside of songwriting before, but now I can do both. But um, before it was just a nice way to like show other people like I have these emotions maybe this is a story that you can relate to and maybe you'll feel more comfortable sharing your stories I feel people. like some of those are like very important when you're going through like the sad times like yeah. I feel like you almost need sad music to listen to to kind of like move you through the grieving process I mean sometimes like it's it's very therapeutic to write too yeah you know and I will say that I think writing sad songs is good and listening to sad songs is good to a point. I don't yeah, think you, have that to learn you should to, live you, in the you sad have to, songs. You have to have those days where you're like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm sad, sad but yes. done. I'm going to put on. You definitely have to have yeah. days where you're like, I'm going to embrace the suck today. Yeah. And I'm just going to let myself feel these feelings. And then you have to have days where you're like, okay, we've let myself feel these feelings and we don't need to live in this space. But so you need to feel them. What do you listen to to get out of feeling the suck? Do you have like a, a go-to band that you're like, oh, I'm going to put this on. It's going to cheer me. Like I I put on Jamiroquai because I feel like it's impossible to be in a bad mood when you're listening to Jamiroquai. I don't even think I've heard of them. I listened okay. to... Right. You need to change that. Okay. I, <laughs> I listen to the Temptations and the Beach Boys and like oldies stuff. Yeah. Like that's like Motown is usually my go-to to like... Dance it out and yeah. yeah. Also, um, Lizzo, good as hell. That's that's always one that I bump. (laughs) You don't know that one. You gotta gotta have to change that. So, all right, we both have homework. Yeah, we both have homework. We're gonna exchange this information. (laughs) Um, so you're gonna play a couple songs for us. Yep. So what are you gonna play? Um, I'm going to play those. Oh, wait, before we do that. Yes. I totally forgot. Where can people go online to find your music, find you? Oh, um, so basically everything on social media is Sarah Martin Music. Sarah with an H. Martin like the guitar. Music like you'd spell it in any other scenario of life. As a dyslexic person, I find this insulting. (laughs) I say this this a lot. (laughs) Um, So it's just sarahmartinmusic.com and then everywhere else, Instagram and Facebook. um, And then my music, you can... And what time do you stream? Do you, do you stream at the same time every day? So Mondays I do Lake Cam Live at noon, which is like through a um, local TV network in, in Lakeville. Um, but it, I also stream it through my Facebook. Yeah. And then Sunday mornings I do like a Sunday gospel from 9.30 to 10 a.m. And then every other day is basically a free for all. Just whenever. Whenever I come on. So okay. like if you just put your notifications on, it'll hopefully tell you. What depending on how Facebook is feeling that yeah, day, it'll let yeah, you know I mean, that I'm live. Always... Um, but yeah, you can find my music everywhere, literally anywhere you can get music. I discovered last week that my music's on Napster, and that Napster still exists. Oh yeah. my god, really? Your look is. We exactly just recorded a podcast. Did we? Yeah, I forgot. Oh, that's right. Someone else bought it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep, Napster exists, so you yep. can find my music on Napster. 
Pandora, all the all the normal ones, and also the obscure. I like ones how too. you said Napster as one of the normal ones. No, no, it's oh, not. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was at one point. Yeah, that's so funny. We just recorded that podcast. Yeah, yeah I found that out the other day, and I'm like, this still exists. It's like that's how crazy. I pirated all my music back when I was like nine. <laughs> yeah, if anyone wants to hear the history of uh, Napster, go check out the old Colony Cast in two weeks. Uh, What's today? Once that go up? Oh wait, go back. It's already going to be up by now. Yeah. So go back and check out the like old Conicast. Yeah, a month ago. You'll you'll hear the history of <laughs> Napster. I'm going to have to tune one. into that. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> uh, oh, so what are you going to play for us? So um, first song, I'll play Those Days, which um, that's been out, I think I released it July 1st of last year. Um, and that's had some radio play um, on The Bull. And, I don't know what that is. Um, the Bobby Bones show. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. heard of him. So they uh, they've pl- put my song on their on their Sunday uh, backyard country segment, and also um, the Rivers put it on theirs. Cool. And a couple of stations in in Nashville. So I'll play that one first, and then um, we'll play a couple that haven't been released. One's called Shine, and that one is about um, the conversation I had with my ex, like the day after I wrote that song, when we realized like we just weren't gonna get back together. Yeah, okay. So I wrote that song, and then um, the last one I'll play is called "From My Mama." I haven't released that one either, and um, just wrote it for my mom. Oh, showed to her on Mother's Day. Oh, it was nice. Someday I'll actually record it for her <laughs> so the whole world can hear. Was it like, she's like, hey, it's Mother's Day, and you're like, oh, crap, I don't have a gift. I wrote your song. No, I've been, I've been working on it for a while. I've been working on a song for both my parents for a while, and, you know, it's like, if you're going to write a song for your parents, like, it better be good. So I'm going to give you another homework assignment. Oh, gosh, okay. So it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. The recording quality is terrible. Great. <laughs> it's a one-man show called The Stephen Banks Show. And it is all about this uh, guy who, as a kid, wanted to grow up to be a rock star and is stuck as a speechwriter. And it's just kind of like in a crappy office-type job. So this is like him getting home after a day of work. And when he gets home, he puts on the Stephen Banks show where he, like, dances around his apartment. So the stage is set up like his apartment. Okay. And then, as it turns out, he has to immediately write a speech that he forgot to write and it's him between writing the speech and getting distracted and playing music around his apartment it's very like okay uh classic rock uh tribute kind of stuff and he plays bass he plays guitar he plays the drums he plays everything but you made me think of it because he has uh this girlfriend and he's the only one so everyone else is like via phone like him holding up the phone talking yeah, to yeah. Him. and it's his anniversary and he's like, yeah, I got you something. And she's like, what? He's like, I uh, wrote you a song. <laughs> and it's just him <laughs> singing the song, like going from item to item in his like apartment, like, yeah. working it into the song. It's really funny. So Stephen Mack Show, listeners, go check it out. It's on yeah, YouTube. Quality's terrible. It was on Showtime. Like, in You're the- really hyping this up. I, this I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's a lot of fun. <laughs> It's not terrible. No, you said that. The no. sound quality oh, the, no, is the, the, the quality. It's just, it's obviously from like a VHS recording. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay, I'm excited about this. But it's this. good. Yeah, so, I'll right. watch that. So, uh, yeah, go listen to Sarah's songs and then go watch <laughs> and then Steve. then check <laughs> <laughs> But thanks for joining us, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. Thanks for having yeah. me. And uh, for great. our listeners, we'll uh, catch you guys next week.
feeling like nobody cares You take one more step You beat down dog tired And you're trying your best Thinking life's a test But you're always walking the wire There are days There are days When the light is bright But the sun ain't shining your way There are days To you to push on through those days. Now there are days that this world seems cold, and a young soul and hopeful heart feels tired and old. Cause every now and then I look at my There are days, there are days When the light is bright but the sun ain't shining your way There are days, there are days When it hurts to lose, it's up to you to push on Yesterday, the last day, I said goodbye to you. 
close the open door, we decided we're through. A little scared and unsure, but I will fall in love once more and realize the sun's in the sky might be a little rain sometimes, but I'm gonna shine. Shine, 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 I'm gonna shine. Expectation can wear you down. We put ourselves in a cage. In time, you might find you need a fresh new start. Don't be afraid of a blank page, cause tomorrow's the first day of the rest of your life. And for better or worse, the choice is yours. Will you fall victim to what you know, or will you pave your own? Dare to dream that as bright as the night skies blink, you're gonna shine, 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 shine. 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 I'm gonna shine. <laughs> I'm like, yay, that went better than expected. Talk of the town, since she was a kid. If you knock her down, she'll just get back up again. She's a wild, wild child with the spirit of the wind. When people ask her where she got it, she's just living life the way she's been taught it. She said, I got it from my mama. Independent when I mean it, yeah, I'm gonna climb on mountain when I got her. I stay strong and carry her on when the day gets long. Yeah, I choose to refuse to lose that I got it from my mama. Grew up to be a teacher, defender of her world, mama to a song and two baby girls. Here, take her, can't break her, smile for miles and tough as nails. People ask her where she got it. She's just living life the way she's been taught it. She said, I got it from my mama. Independent when I mean it, yeah, I'm gonna climb a mountain when I got her. I stay strong and carry her on when the day gets long. Yeah, I choose to refuse to lose, and I got it. From my mama A force of nature to be reckoned with Stands up for what she believes And I'm proud to say the woman you see today Is from what she gave to me Hey, I got it from my Oh.
And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.